the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. All right, let's jump into this. We're talking about three crucial reasons why or how God uses meditation to bless you. Take a moment quickly and share the broadcast if you've not done so yet, but I want you to do this first before we open one verse of scripture. I want you to write this in the comments section, every person that's watching, Periscope, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching, pop this in the comments. God created meditation to bless me. I want you to pop that in the comments section. God created meditation to bless me. God created meditation to bless me. And the reason I want you to write that from the outset is because I want you to understand that meditation is not something that was created by a man. Meditation is not something that was created by the devil. It's not something that originated in some uh, foreign world religion or even in new age philosophy has nothing to do with any of that. Meditation was created and instituted by our God, Jehovah. God created meditation to bless me. God created meditation to bless me. And I want you to know that from the outset because you have to realize that meditation as a subject, as a process, as something you get involved with as a discipline, it was stolen and perverted by world religions or new age philosophy, but it was not created by them. It was stolen and perverted by them, but they did not initiate it. So the reason I want you to write that at the very beginning of this broadcast is so that you begin with an understanding that God is the one who initiated this and it is a supernatural discipline. This is a supernatural discipline that God created. Think about this. Number one, and and we've dealt with this in the broadcast multiple times, but number one, I want you to think about this. God created you as a three-part being. And we know that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now let's talk about the soul for a moment. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so we know, and I talked about this yesterday, and by the way, if you missed that broadcast or podcast, I want you to go back and listen to that because it's a precursor um, to what we're going to be talking about today. But we talked and dealt a little bit with the renewing of your mind. So let's talk about it for a minute, the renewing of your mind. It's important to understand that uh, although God is responsible for renewing our spirits, Every single day, according to the second Corinthians, God renews our spirits. Second Corinthians chapter four, every single day, but we are responsible to renew our minds. You see that God is responsible for renewing our spirits. We are responsible to renew our minds. So that's something that you could write down in your notes, put that in the comment section. I renew my mind. God renews my spirit. I renew my mind, God renews my spirit. You're not responsible to renew your spirit. God says he does it on a daily basis. 
The Bible says, while the outer man is perishing, the inner man or the spirit man is renewed day by day, day by day. So every single day, God's renewing your spirit, but also every single day, you must renew your mind. And we talked about yesterday that one of the ways to do that is by the reading of God's word. And Ephesians chapter five says that God washes his body clean, that's us, the church, with the washing of water by the word. I renew my mind, God renews my spirit. I renew my mind, God renews my spirit. So we talked about the fact that my mind has to be renewed one of the ways by washing it with the word of God. By reading this word on a daily basis, this word, according to scripture, is a water that is a cleansing agent that will flow through your mind and literally cleanse your mind, cleanses your mind. But then we talked about this fact. Look at that. Never never even saw that. Um, We talked about the fact that your mind is not just renewed, but we talked about the fact that there are thoughts that pop into your mind. Thoughts pop into your mind. So I've had people say this to me so much. They say, well, Brother Ted, I can't control the thoughts that pop into my mind. No, that's true. You may not be able to control the thoughts that pop into your mind, but what you can control is whether or not you meditate or dwell on those thoughts. So yes, something may pop into your mind, you know, an angry thought, a lustful thought, uh, you know, whatever it might be, those things may pop in because you still do have a flesh man that's carnal. You still do have a flesh nature that will never be renewed until God glorifies your body. So yes, I understand there may be thoughts that pop into your mind, but that doesn't mean you have to sit there and meditate on that thought and let it develop. And you know, it becomes a, 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 fant- a fantasy or whatever it may be. You don't have to uh, allow that to take place. So what can you do? According to scripture, the Bible says that we can take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. That's the scripture. We can take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus Christ. Well, that tells us then that we have full control over our mental capacity as believers. We have full control over our mental capacity as believers. In fact, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So I want you to I want you to understand this today. You not only have the mind of Christ, but you have full authority and control to take your thoughts captive. Which means that you can fully control what you think about. You know, there's people that act like there's no control of that. Well, the devil just puts thoughts in my mind and, you know, I'm sitting there and all these thoughts are bombarding me. Yes, they might try to come in, but you are the gatekeeper of your mind. You are the gatekeeper of your mind. In fact, write that in all caps in the comments section. I'm the gatekeeper of my mind. I am. God has given me power and authority to be the gatekeeper of my mind. No question about it. I am the gatekeeper of my mind, which means I have the ability and the function to guard my mind, to guard my soul from the things that the enemy has sent to destroy my soul. And I will tell you that it is so important that you guard your soul um, because understand, 
And as I'm going to show you in a moment, your soul is where everything truly begins. It does not matter if you are saved. It doesn't matter if you are a Christian that's serving the Lord. If your soul's not guarded, it, it, it does not matter. You can still be destroyed. You can still lose battles as a believer if your soul's not guarded. You can still lose battles. I'm going to show you something that maybe you've never seen before. And we're going to see this from two places in the book of Proverbs. Number one, I want you to know, good morning, Matt. I want you to understand this. You have the full capacity to be the gatekeeper of your mind. So check this out. Number one, the reason it's so vital that you guard your mind, guard your soul, guard your thoughts. And and in fact, let's start there. Proverbs chapter four. And um, let's go to verse number 23. Verse 23. This is the first place we're going to start today. Proverbs 4.23 most important thing you can do is guard your mind. The most important thing you can do is guard your mind. The most important thing you can do is guard your mind. Most important. Look at this. This is what the Proverbs 4.23 says. Keep your heart. See your heart there, your soul, with all vigilance. For from it, Flow the springs of life. Do you see that? Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it, from where? Your heart, your soul, flow the springs of life. Let me read it to you here in another translation that's going to help you. Listen to this. Listen to the Amplified. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. For out of it flow the springs of life. So Proverbs is actually saying, above all other things, keep and guard your hearts with all vigilance. Meaning, you're supposed to be vigilant at all times to guard your heart. Why? For out of it flow the springs of life. What does that mean, out of it flow the springs of life? Everything you'll experience flows out of what you allow or disallow your soul to do. I know there's people that would disagree with me on this. I know there's people that would tell you that, uh, you know, that your spirit man is really the the beginning of of these things. But if that's, if that's true, let me ask you a question. If it's true that it's your spirit man, how come when you're made, when you're made new, when you're a believer, the moment you get saved, your spirit man is perfect. You understand that? Your spirit man's not becoming perfect. Your spirit man is united with Christ at the moment of salvation. Your spirit's not getting better and better and better. Your spirit man is renewed when you get saved. So you don't you can develop, you know, attributes of your spirit like faith and 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 all that. But understand, the Bible doesn't say that people are destroyed because they don't have spiritual strength. The Bible says that they're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. And you could argue, you know, that all, all knowledge of the word, it comes through the spirit. But the point I want, want you to understand is the reason many Christians are destroyed is because they don't guard their minds. They don't guard their souls. 
And so although their spirit man is renewed, although their spirit man has been made new and empowered by God at the moment of salvation, they don't guard their mentality. They don't guard what they think about, which what is what they fill their heart with out of the abundance of their heart, they speak. So because they're not putting the right things into themselves, the wrong things are coming out of them. And because the wrong things come out, what happens? The wrong things they're thinking about develop wrong words that they confess and speak. And then their confession and their thoughts become their actions and they're the wrong actions and their every action. And this is so vital. You get this. Please put it in the comments. Every action, every thought, every word is a seed. Every thought, every word, every action is a seed. You need to put that down. You've got to got to put that down. Every thought, every word, every action is a seed. And why is that so important that we get it? Because every one of those seeds is going to produce a harvest in your life. Every single one. Every single seed is going to produce a harvest. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. So every thought, every word, every action is a seed. And what's it producing? Well, the reason that so many Christians are being destroyed is because the seeds that they're releasing, the seeds that they're sowing are producing destruction and chaos in their life rather than uh, victory and blessing. Every thought, every word, and every action is a seed. Everything you release from your life is a seed that will produce a harvest in every area. The Bible says, now listen to this because it's so important that you catch it. Galatians chapter six and verse seven, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. It doesn't say whatsoever a man sows financially. It says whatsoever a man sows, that's what he'll reap. doesn't matter what seed you plant, every seed bears fruit after its own kind. So if you allow yourself to be overtaken with thoughts of depression, you'll speak words of depression. You'll live a life and a reality of depression. Galatians 6, 7, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Seed time always produces harvest. And it doesn't matter what type of seeds going in the ground, that's the type of harvest that's coming back. And so I want you to catch this with me today. It's so vital that you do is that whatever we allow ourselves to meditate upon, see, this is the origin point. You're not going to speak what you haven't already thought. You understand? You're not going to do what you haven't already thought. It's all premeditated. These, you know, that's why, you know, it's, it's, um, that's why you even get prosecuted more heavily, right? For something that's uh, premeditated murder, Versus, you know, an accidental manslaughter, you know, something that was done on accident. You understand something that, well, this person died as the result of an accident that was my fault versus I sat in my home with anger in my heart and devised a way to go and murder that person. There's a heavier sentence on premeditated murder than accidental manslaughter. The reason for that is, is because it carries function and purpose to it. The second way, you had no plans to do that. It just took place. But the other way, there was a function and a purpose to your thought process. That's why it's called premeditated. You'd been meditating upon it beforehand. 
You'd been meditating upon it beforehand. And what happens? You allowed your anger, you allowed your greed, you allowed your passion, you allowed your lust, whatever it might be, to sit there and eat you alive inside. And and you begin to meditate and meditate and meditate on that thing until it provoked an action. You see, that premeditated, when we talk about that, that phrase, premeditated, those things carry the most weight. Anything you do that's, you know, you, nobody steps into their destiny on accident. Nobody steps into a miracle on accident. Nobody steps into a place of, of breakthrough or of, of success on accident. You're never going to meet somebody that's at a, at a pinnacle of success after 50 years and be like, how did you get here? How did you get to this place of utter success in business and family, ministry, whatever? And they're going to say, well, you know, I've, I've got no idea. I, I just, I don't know. I just ended up here. No, no one that's at the pinnacle of success is going to tell you they have no idea how they got there. And the reason for that is because success is premeditated. Success is always premeditated. I want you to put that in the comment section. Success is always premeditated. Success is always premeditated. And that's why God gives us the power of meditation. Because success, victory, increase, breakthrough, all of those things are premeditated. It brings out thoughts that produce words, that produce actions of obedience, that end up with a harvest of victory. So if my thoughts are proper, if I've meditated on what's proper, then what's going to happen? I'm going to speak what is proper. I'm going to speak. Uh, That's why the apostles said, we believed, therefore we spoke, or we speak. We believe, therefore we speak. We believe, therefore we speak. What the apostles are saying here, we believe, therefore we speak, is that our thoughts are set on something specific, and that is the reason that words are coming out. The reason we're talking like we talk is because we believe like we believe. You see, so if your thought process, if you can get that right, as Paul taught throughout the New Testament, if we can get that right, if our meditations can be right, then everything that proceeds, as Proverbs 4.23 says, everything that proceeds from our life, uh, guard your heart above all, all else, for from it flow the springs of life. The springs of my life are flowing from my heart. And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I like to say it this way so that people can capture it. You will experience the reality of what you believe to be true. You will experience the reality of what you believe to be true. In fact, write it in the comments. I will experience the reality of what I believe to be true. I will experience the reality of what I believe to be true. That's why this is premeditated. We're talking about the power of how God uses meditation to bring you into total victory, blessing, increase, level change. It doesn't come on accident. It comes by meditation, premeditated victory. And that's why God uses and has given us this system of meditation. It's how it works. It's in the word. 
I will experience the reality of what I believe to be true. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's right. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Nicole. I will experience the reality of what I believe to be true. So the reason that Paul was so adamant, whatsoever things are pure, holy, of a good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. You know what that means? It means that you have the ability to choose what you think about. You've got the ability to choose what you're meditating on. With me in Philippians chapter 4, I want you to catch this. Philippians chapter 4. Listen to how Paul said it. This is what Paul said. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. So Paul was heavily encouraging the Philippian church to make sure that they first look and analyze at the things that they're going to be thinking about or the things that may be coming in. And if you say, is this thing excellent? Is it worthy of praise? Is it a good report? If not, I'm taking that thought captive and making it obey Jesus Christ. If I've got those things coming into my mind, into my spirit, into my soul, and I say, you know what? This is not it. This is not what Paul's looking for. This is not what the Holy Spirit is encouraging me to do. I'm taking those thoughts captive. The moment you have something pop into your mind that you know does not line up with what the Bible says about you, take it captive. I'm worthless. You know, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. I had somebody write me the other week. Nobody loves me. I just can't deal with this life anymore. I can't deal with living like this. I should just end it. I should just end my life. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Those are thoughts that do not line up with the word of God. Those are thoughts that do not have any virtue, any praise, no excellence, not pure, not holy. So what do you do when thoughts like that come in, no matter how you feel? See, if you allow feelings to run your life and rule your life, you'll always end up in destruction. If you allow feelings to run and rule your life, you'll always end up in destruction, never victory. So when thoughts like that come in, I'm nothing, people don't like... People don't care about me. People don't love me. I'm not, I'm worthless. So you take those thoughts captive and you make them obey Christ. You know what you do? You know, cause I'm sure people will ask this. I'm sure people will say, well, how do you take a thought captive? How do you make a thought a prisoner? I'll tell you how you do it. You begin to confess the opposite of what that thought is saying. And you do it in a way that's attached to the mighty word of God. That's why it's important, and my wife has been doing this, which I think is phenomenal. She's been releasing declarations on, on, on Instagram, on her stories, and on Facebook stories. And she's been putting those declarations out there a couple times a week. 
so that people have faith-filled declarations to declare over themselves and their children from the word of God. What you need to do, and that's why it's important that you, and maybe we'll put something like that together for you uh, that, that can go out, but just a, a whole, like we give you prayer points, we'll give you de- declarations with scriptures included because you've got to declare the word of God over yourself. You've got to declare those things over yourself and your children. You know, it, 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 it's good to go in. You know, as I told you the other day with the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, I pray the Ephesians prayers over myself. But you know, even though it's Old Testament, go back to Deuteronomy 28 and just start confessing, confessing those things. Uh, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city. So just make them all personal. And just start going through Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 every day. Make it personal. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. The fruit of my womb is blessed. The fruit of my ground is blessed. The fruit of my cattle and the increase of my herds and the young of my flock. Um, My basket is blessed. My kneading bowl is blessed. Um, I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come out. My enemies that rise up against me will be defeated before me. They'll come out against me in one way. They'll flee from me in seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on me and my barns and all that I undertake. He'll bless me in the land that he's giving me. He'll establish me as a people holy to himself as he swore to me. Uh, And I'll keep the commandments of the Lord my God all and walk in his ways for the rest of my days. All the people of the earth shall see that I am called by the name of the Lord and they'll be afraid of me. And the Lord will make me abound in prosperity and the fruit of my room and the fruit of my livestock and the fruit of my ground within the land he swore to give me. The Lord will open to me his good treasury in the heavens to give me rain in in my land and its season to bless all the work of my hands. I will lend to many nations and I'll never borrow. So you understand, you go through the word of God, you could go through Psalm 91. Let's, Let's do that quickly. You could go through Psalm 91 and say, you know what? I'm going to make those declarations about me and my family and my children. And I don't care what the world looks like. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, which is me, I will say to the Lord my, my, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from deadly pestilence. He'll cover me with his pinions and under his wings I will find refuge. His faithfulness is my shield and buckler. I will not fear the terror of the night or the arrows that fly by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, a thousand, a 10,000 at my right hand, but these things will not touch me in Jesus name. You start declaring those things. How do you take thoughts captive? If you've got depressing thoughts come in, you declare declarations of joy. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that you've given unto me a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I thank you, Lord, that the oil of joy has been, has come upon my life when I received Jesus Christ and was filled with the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So Thank you, Lord, that because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm filled with the spirit of freedom in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that no wicked thing could ever take control of me. I thank you that no invisible prison could ever lock me up because I have the spirit of freedom living on the inside of my body. For my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who lives in me, dwells in me, and abides with me at all times. I thank you that he'll never leave me and never forsake me, that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I thank you that you're preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I thank you that my cup is running over. I thank you that goodness and mercy will follow me for the rest of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You just go through it. I thank you, Lord, that your word declares that in your presence is fullness of joy. And because I'm praising you now and worshiping you now, your presence has been activated in my life and in this house and joy is flowing in this house right now in Jesus' mighty name, which thank you that heaviness and suicidal thoughts will never be my story in the mighty name of Jesus. For my mind has been renewed by the word. I am filled with the power of God. You understand? You declare these things. Jessica, uh, my wife's name is Carolyn, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N. And then the last name is the same as mine, Shuttlesworth. And on Instagram, it's Carolyn Shuttlesworth, just fully spelled out. And so you, so you understand. You understand that you make that. So you, how do you take a thought captive? By inserting overwhelming thoughts on top of it. And you begin to declare the word of God. You begin to declare the word of God over your life. I don't care what thoughts try to come in. You're worthless. No, no, no. I'm not worthless. And here's how I can tell you how I'm not worthless. Because I know how much was paid for me when Jesus Christ shed his priceless blood to buy a worthless individual. I used to be worthless, but now I'm priceless. And the reason I'm priceless is because Jesus took his priceless blood and used it to pay for me and to buy me out of the kingdom of darkness and to place me in his marvelous light, which means now by the power of the Holy Ghost, I have been given value. I have been given worth. I have been given a a, a supernatural uh, new identity because of the blood of Jesus. I'm not even the same person I used to be. I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus and the old life is passed away and behold, all things have become new. You can sit there and declare yourself into a different mindset. You can literally declare yourself into a different mindset by taking thoughts that God has given us, truths from his word and declaring them until those other thoughts dissipate and disappear. I cannot, I cannot be depressed. I cannot be anxious. I cannot be suicidal. I cannot be sick. I cannot be diseased. I cannot be broken. I cannot be divorced. I can, you go through the whole thing. I cannot. It can't be my story because I have another truth that is my story. And so God gives us meditation. And the things that we say can become the things that we think. If they're not about eating, or you're telling them about a meal you had. And as you're telling them about it, you start to get hungry. I mean, if that's ever been you, throw some emoji hands up in the comments section. If you've ever been talking to somebody about food, or they've been talking to you about food, and in the midst of the conversation, you got hungry. If that's you, if that's happened to you, throw emoji hands up and let me know it's you. That you say, you know what, we started talking about this meal he'd made, or man, we started talking about this restaurant he tried, and man, we were sitting there talking about it, I started getting hungry. You know why you did? Because all the things that are coming out of your mouth became meditations in your soul, and those meditations, notice what they did. Those meditations didn't just stay in your soul, they had an effect on your body. Do you see that? Please understand how this works. Because this will change your whole life. You're sitting there talking to somebody about a meal that's passed, that's already been eaten. You're you're sitting there talking about it. And as you're talking about it, what's happening? Images are filling your mind. 
And the more that the images fill your mind, the the more that you're sitting there thinking about it, meditating about it, what's happening? It is it is coming now into your body and actually making your physical body hungry. The things you said became the things you meditated on and those things changed the state of your body. That's what happens. That's, that's why meditation is so powerful. Favorite place to eat at the time. I love McDonald's growing up. And so I went and rented it, brought it home back when there was still Blockbuster and DVDs, popped the DVD in, and I started watching it. Halfway through the movie, watching this dude eat McDonald's three times, four times a day, I got hungry. Even though it was a documentary about how bad McDonald's is for you, just me watching it put the images in my mind, and I got hungry. So what did I do? Paused the movie, got in my car, went to the drive-thru, and began to order a McDonald's meal. Came back pushed play, watched the rest of the movie, eating McDonald's. Why? Because me watching those images, having that meditation in my mind changed my body. It changed my body. It made me hungry. In the same way, as you meditate on the things God told you to, it's not just going to change your mind and it's not just going to change your word. It's going to change your body. It's going to change your body. Let me give you an example. Number one, Proverbs chapter four again. Proverbs chapter four, number one, meditation changes your physical body. Number one, meditation changes your physical body. Let me read this. This is verses 20 through 22. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. You know what that means? Never stopping the meditation. I'm never stopping the meditation. I'm keeping them in my heart. I'm never letting them leave my sight. The sayings, the mighty word of God. I'm meditating. I'm meditating on the mighty word of God. Now, here's the promise if you do. For they are life to those who find them. And they are healing to all their flesh. So here the the writer of Proverbs is saying, if you'll take the word of God and if you'll meditate upon it, keep it in your heart, keep it in front of your eyes. They are life to those that find them and healing to all their flesh, healing to all their flesh. So the more that I meditate on the word of God, it, it lines up with what Jesus said in the gospel of John chapter six and verse 63. The words that I give or speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That life of God's word, as I meditate on it, it will change my physical body. Literally, as I meditate on the word of God, I'm sitting there allowing the word of God to flow through my mind. It becomes my word. It becomes what I do. It literally, that whole process is going to change my body. It's going to change my body. You know, one of the reasons that sickness cannot take control of my body is because I have so ingrained into my mind and into my spirit that sickness can never be my story in Jesus' name. And it's not just me. It's thanks to my parents who ingrained these thoughts into me, ingrained these thoughts into me, that sickness could never be your story. No, I understand. What do I have a medit- what, what kind of things am I meditating on? Things like this. Let me give you an example. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. This is the kind of stuff that I think about myself. 
Romans 8, 11, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then he quickens. That word quickens means to make alive. He quickens your physical mortal body. So one of the things I think about is this. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am filled with that spirit. That is a life-giving spirit. It's a spirit that raised Jesus' dead body back from the dead. It's a spirit that kills cancer cells. It's a spirit that kills sicknesses and diseases. It's a spirit that overtakes every foreign thing that tries to enter my body. So if the greater one lives on the inside of me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If I have that understanding, that meditation, my faith is set on that. My faith is set on that. I've got an understanding. I've got a meditation that now sickness and disease, I'm not going to need to be healed. Those things will die when they touch me. They will die when they touch me in Jesus' name. Cancer cells would die when they touch my cells. Why? My cells are infused with the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. See, and it's all based on faith in that truth, in that revelation. People have a hard time getting this. They think it's condescending to those that are battling. It's not. It's not condescending. It's the way God's word works. God does everything through faith in his word, which is why meditating upon his word, which builds your faith, puts you in a place of victory. There's just people that refuse to meditate consistently on the word of God. In the same way, I use this example all the time, in the same way that people refuse to consistently work out or consistently diet or consistently do anything. So they don't see the fruit and results of it because they don't consistently do it. Same with meditation on the word. But if you'll do it, it will get into your spirit. It'll get into your mind and it will change your physical body. That's what happened to Joel Osteen's mother. She was diagnosed with cancer decades ago, decades ago. And she put the word of God audio on in her bedroom and just let it play and play and play. And that's all she meditated on was the word of God playing in her room, nonstop playing in her room. And all of a sudden, now she's cancer-free. The healing power of God's word, as Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, the Bible tells us it's life and health to their flesh. So number one, meditation brings health to your flesh, changes your body. Health to your flesh. Hallelujah. Health to your flesh. Number two, it changes the reality of your life. As we looked at uh, a moment ago in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the things in your life that you want to take place, they change by the meditation on God's word. That's that's, That's why I told you. Even things in your mind have to change. Even, you know, even things in your mental capacity have to change. Depression has to go. That cannot be your reality. It has to leave you. Suicidal thoughts have to leave you. When you begin to meditate, see these things all work together. Meditation, the word of God, prayer, confession, praise. You see that? Meditation, the word of God, prayer, confession, praise. These things work together to put you in a place of victory. And so as I meditate on the word of God, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. How do you change what you think in your heart? By believing this word to be true. That's why when we give you prayer points from Miracle Word Ministries, when we give you prayer points, we don't just come up with things for you to pray. We attach them to verses of scripture because God only honors his word. Jeremiah 1.12, God is watching over his word to perform it. 
He's watching over his word to perform it. Nothing else. He's not watching over our opinions. He's not watching over uh, you know, our, our emotions. He's watching over his word to perform it. So when we pray, it needs to be based on his word. When we confess, as I was doing moments ago, it needs to be based on his word. Everything we say, everything we pray, everything we believe needs to be based on the mighty word of God. This is the fuel that allows God to move in my life. This is the fuel that allows God to move in my life. Hallelujah. This is the fuel that allows God to move in my life and your life. And so, number one, it's health to your body, according to Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. Number two, it changes the reality of your atmosphere, every area, every area. You know, what would cause you to have an unsuccessful relationship with your husband or wife? What would cause you to have an unsuccessful relationship with your husband or wife? Well, you may act rashly towards them. You may act thoughtlessly towards them. You may maybe act in an unkind way. But how do you change those things? Not just by forcing yourself, by meditating on the word of God, on the blessing that God's given you as as a husband or a wife. For me, he's blessed me with my wife. And so I meditate upon the fact that my wife is a gift that God gave me. She's a gift that God gave me. And I meditate on the fact that he that finds a wife finds a good thing. So understand that God has blessed me not just with any kind of a gift, but a good thing. And I begin to thank God and I begin to open my mouth and confess, Lord, I thank you. You've blessed me with Carolyn. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought Carolyn into my life. Thank you that you joined me with Carolyn. I thank you that she's a gift from heaven, that she's a gift from God. And so what takes place? The thing that takes place is the more that I'm meditating on this, the more that I'm allowing this to take place in my mind and my, see, it changes. As I said, thoughts will change your body. Thoughts will also change your attitude. Thoughts will also change your attitude, your words, and your actions. So now when I encounter Carolyn, after spending all this time thanking God for the fact that she's a gift, thanking God, my mind is renewed. You understand? My mind is renewed, which means my actions are going to be renewed. And now I've spent time praying for her. I've spent time thanking God for her. I've spent time in God's presence, meditating on what a blessing she is in my life and the things that God's sent her to accomplish with me and and for. And let me tell you what happens is the more time you're spending doing that, the more your heart begins to change because your meditations have changed. The more your heart begins to change because your meditations have changed. And now when you see your husband or wife, there's a thankfulness. God's given you a thankfulness. She's like, man, I thank God for them. And now when you're encountering them, there's a whole new love that comes. There's a whole new joy that comes in that relationship. There's a whole new way that you interact with each other because of that revelation of you've meditated on the blessing that is your husband or wife. And so divorce can never be your story in Jesus' name. And, and, and a fruitless marriage can never be your story in Jesus' name. And uh, pressure and, and, and uh, crisis situations and issues and strife in the home can never be your situation in the mighty name of Jesus because of the meditations of your heart that have changed. And finally, let me take you to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the third way that God uses meditation to bless you is that it changes even your financial state. It changes the way that your prosperity functions and flows. 
It changes the way your prosperity functions and flows. Listen to this. Uh, Joshua chapter one and verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. What does that mean? It means the more that you meditate on the mighty word of God. Now think about how powerful this is. He didn't even have, speaking of Joshua, when God commanded this, he didn't even have the word of God we have now. He did not have the whole word of God. He just had the book of the law. He had the first five books of the Bible, the law of Moses. It's really all that he had at that time to meditate on. And God said, just by meditating on those five books, it will cause you to make your way prosperous and have good success. We now have the full canon of scripture, Old and New Testament, with the teachings of Christ and the teachings of Paul and Peter, the prophets, all of the things that we have now, we have so much more content than Joshua had. He had five books. We have six. Look what God said. In fact, I want you to write this in the comments section. Whisper. When I meditate on God's word, <clears throat> I prosper. Notice what God said to Joshua. This is so vital. Take this book of the law. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. You'll be careful to do all that's written herein. Then, watch, you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So notice this. <laughs> this is so important. Notice this. God's not saying, if you meditate on my word, I will prosper you. He's saying, if you'll meditate on my word, you'll make your own way prosperous. <clears throat> You'll make your own way prosperous. Look what Deuteronomy 8, 8, or excuse me, 8 to 18 says. You shall remember the Lord your God to make or produce wealth. And yes, all promotion comes from the Lord. And yes, all blessings come from him. All of that. I totally, I understand all of that. But understand, God's the one that's saying, I will, make, I will give you the power to prosper. I will give you the power to get, make, or produce wealth. Listen to this. But you shall earnestly remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. So God wants to establish the covenant that he swore to your forefathers. And by giving you the power to make, produce, get wealth, he's doing that. And notice when you meditate on the mighty word of God, do you know just by meditating on the word of God, you'll gain the mind of Christ and you'll actually have the mind of Christ even in business situations. You'll even get to the place where as you meditate on God's word, you'll have a clearer connection with the Holy Spirit who begins to lead and guide you even in business matters. Let me give you an example of one of our partners who she never had any training. Her and her husband may be watching this today. Maybe they'll watch on the replay, but never had any training at all in the stock market. She was uh, working with her, they, they run a business together. She was helping her husband in the business. But then she began to have dreams that God was giving her these dreams and, 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 and all these letters were coming to her. And she didn't know what they meant. When she Googled them, she realized that they were stocks 
on the stock exchange. They were corporations that were publicly traded. And she looked at those letters and the Holy Spirit was leading her to buy certain ones, to sell certain ones. And so she began to, as she meditated on this, she began to get all of these things from the Holy Spirit. And notice this, as she's getting them, God's leading her now in a business sense, something that she has no training in. However, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, which means the stock market is no issue for the Holy Spirit. Teaching you how to become a day trader is no issue for the Holy Spirit. He begins to train her by the Spirit to become a day trader. And then she's beginning daily. She's got it up on her computer. She's buying the ones the Holy Spirit says, selling the ones he says, buying the ones he says, selling the ones he says. And then she contacted us. She said, let me give God God all the praise for this. I now have hit the place where I'm making profit $1,000 a week, $1,000 a week which didn't even last long. She contacted us shortly after she said this. Now I'm starting to hit $2,500 weeks in profit. Day trading, for which she has no training, didn't go to school, doesn't know any, but the Holy Spirit taught her and led her. And just by meditating on the things of God, what happens? You have the ability to make your way prosperous and have good success. I've told you on this broadcast before about uh, the man who was sitting up in his tree stand as a hunter, hunting deer. And as he's sitting in his tree stand, even before the sunrise, the Holy Spirit begins to give him plans to build a specific type of hunting blind. He went home, sketched out the whole thing, got it patented, got it produced, got some demos made, went to a hunting expo, put up his stand with his hunting blind, all this stuff that he had prepared and and that the Holy Spirit showed him. And a man that owned a hunting ranch in Texas came and found him, liked his product that the Holy Spirit taught him how to make, bought the entire stock, making the man a multimillionaire pretty much overnight. All he did was meditate. You know what he was doing up in his tree stand? Just praying, talking to the Lord, meditating on the goodness of God. That's all. That's from his own mouth. I was just up in my tree stand, praying, thanking God for his goodness, meditating on the goodness of God. And all of a sudden, what happens? All of these thoughts from the Holy Spirit come, who teaches us all things, leads and guides us into all truth. And overnight, God began to bless him. Why? Because when you meditate on the things of God, don't let them depart from your eyes. Meditate on it day and night. You'll make your way prosperous and have good success. You will make your way prosperous and have good success. Take time to meditate on the mighty word of God. Meditate on the things of God, things he's told you in the past, things that he's written you in his word. What will happen? Number one, it'll change your body. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. It'll change your physical body. Number two, it'll change your reality. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And number three, it'll change your financial situation. If if people would just read the mighty word of God, take it at face value and live by it, they would become wealthy. I promise you that. There's things that we do that the word of God actually condemns. You know, for example, the Bible says this, a fool spends all that he has. So there's a principle that you could meditate on and just think, okay, the word of God is telling me here, a fool spends all that he has, which means a wise person has money left over after all the bills are paid and things are done, meaning that a wise person is saving. A wise person has a a, a resource set aside. A fool spends all that he has. So a fool has to go paycheck to paycheck, which is the majority of America. 
Now, I'm not condemning if you're there right now, you're coming out of that. But understand what I'm saying. They tell us that the majority of, of America, if they had an unforeseen bill come up, it throws the whole house into a tailspin because people are not financially ready for something to go wrong. Most people have no savings. They're up to their eyes in credit card debt. They have no way, they don't even know, know what to do. They have no way out. And so understand this, the Bible just gives us a simple principle. A, a fool spends all that he has, which means that what we're tempted to do in this culture, which is, by the way, to uh, fully maximize our credit line, to live by credit cards, to, to maximize our credit, to get as many loans as we can, to put as many things on layaway, to have payments on everything, to, to live above our means and to just have everything now. That is actually a principle that goes against God's word to not spend all that you have. And so by us just living against this anti-Christ thought process of continuing to spend and to have resource left over, it's a godly principle written in the word, by the way, that by meditating and acting upon that, it will cause us to have excess and overflow. Here's another one. Don't put up, um, I'm just trying to think of the best way to say it in, in modern day language. Uh, don't put up security for a stranger's debt. Don't put up security for a stranger's debt. Don't co-sign on a stranger's loan would be the best way to say it. And we think, well, I would never do that. But how many, you know, how many dads have co-signed on their daughter's boyfriend's car? You know, it's like happens all the time. Happened to my roommate in Bible school. You know, he, he went and was able to get his girlfriend's dad to co-sign on a car for him. And then, you know, issues ensued. You know, he's gone, car's gone. But guess who's still paying the payments? The dad because his name's on the loan. Whereas if you would just by, live by uh, the, 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 and meditate on the principles of God's word, those things wouldn't happen to you because you'll already know that the Bible says, don't co-sign for a stranger's loan. Don't put up security for a stranger's debt. All those things. You're the lender, not the borrower. You, you, all these principles, are, are, they seem so basic. And with, you know, some, you know it's, it's not some financial manager on television or in book, the bookstore that made these principles up. God is the one who gave them to us. God's the one. And he said, if you'll just meditate on these, I'll make sure that you'll be the head and not to tail. I'll make sure you'll always be above and not beneath. I'll make sure that you're blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. You'll always have more than enough. God promised that, and God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. One of the things that he gave us is the power. That's why I spoke about it at the beginning of the broadcast. He gave us the power, no matter what the seed is, every thought, every action, every word, every confession is a seed that you're sowing, and that seed that you're sowing is a harvest that will come back. So he gave us this principle to meditate on, do not be deceived, Galatians 6, 7. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Here's what I want to do today, because there's people that are watching me that you're literally believing for this kind of a breakthrough. You are literally believing for the overflow. You're looking to come to a place where you're not in a place of lack. You're not in a place of debt. You're not in a place where you're stretched in seven different directions, but you're believing to be in a place of the overflow, the Abrahamic blessing which is what? I will bless you and make you a blessing. That you will be the one that's a blessing to this generation. I'm gonna take a minute, we're gonna pray. And I will encourage you, just as we've been talking about, I'm gonna encourage you to sow a seed by faith today. Sow a seed by faith. Come out of that place. Come out of that place of debt. Come out of that place of not enough. 
Come out of that place where you can't be a blessing to this generation. Come out of it. How do you come out? By this principle of a seed sown. A seed sown with the proper meditation. See, the world's meditation is, if I don't have enough, then I should hoard and keep back so that I'll have enough for the rainy day fund. Do you know, there was a time, Carolyn and I, I remember for early early on in marriage, we're in deep credit card debt. Do you know we never, ever stopped our tithing? We never stopped our giving? We never stopped seed sowing, first fruit offerings? Never stopped any of those things. And God supernaturally brought us out of tens of thousands of credit card dollars of credit card debt. And we never stopped our giving, not once. In fact, every single year, our giving increased and has continued to increase to this day that I'm sitting in front of you. You know, don't listen to these plans of the uh, of the Antichrist. Well, you know, until you're out of debt, you should probably pause all your giving, pause all your charitable donations, pause all your tithing. No, that's the world's way of doing things, and it brings a curse upon your life. But when you do it God's way, which is saying, I don't care what it looks like in the natural, God is always first. I put God first in my life, and he'll always be first. And so I want to pray. And God's going to speak to every one of you today and tell you what he would have you to sow. A seed of faith that's going to break this issue that you're in where you can't seem to get free. Struggling to keep your head above water. That's not going to be your story in Jesus' name. So I want you to bow your head and pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's watching today. Speak a word into their spirit. Give them an instruction. We need a word of faith, Lord. An instruction that's going to bring us out of this attack against our finances. This place where we're standing and not enough and bring us into a place of more than enough in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, and give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a step of faith today and sow a seed that means something to your spirit means something to your life. And the reason I know that that's what moves your faith is because if it moves your flesh and your heart, it's something that your mind may be trying to tell you, don't do that. We can't do that. Then your spirit is pleasing God. Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we have to do things that by faith move God's heart and by faith, please him with our actions. And so I'm encouraging every person that's watching today, I want to encourage you to do something that's going to take faith to do. Many of you, God's speaking to you right now to partner with our ministry, partner with Carolyn and I as we travel this world and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying generation. You'll be a part of what Miracle Word Ministries is doing, what we're doing. And here's what we're going to ask you to do is if you feel to partner with this ministry at $85 a month, $1,000 a year or more, go to miracleword.com and click on the partner button there at the top of the screen and then fill out that form and stand with us on a monthly basis. Those of you that are watching, there's many of you that the Lord is speaking to to sow a one-time seed. Maybe today you're gonna sow a seed. You feel in your spirit, this is for me today. I'm gonna do something substantial. I'm gonna do something that's gonna push my flesh out of the way, open up the windows of heaven over my house and let God pour out a blessing into my life. There's ways you can do it right on the screen. If you'd like to give by PayPal, or Cash App, those options are available. If you'd like to go to the website, you're welcome. All of you that would like, are on Periscope or Facebook, you can sew by putting hashtag donate in the comments section and the amount that you'd like to give, or you can just put hashtag donate and a form will come up that you can click and complete your donation. But God is calling you to take a step of faith. I'll never forget when we broke out. One of the things that caused us to break out 
of a place of not enough. And we always were at this place. It seemed like for like two, three years, we would just hit this ceiling of, of where we couldn't break through it. We just couldn't, we couldn't break through it. It seems like our, our income for the ministry would be like $10,000, $10,000, $10,000, $10,000. And it seemed like our ministry could never grow beyond that. It just, it was our wall. It was our ceiling. And it seemed like, man, no matter what we did, it seemed like we kept coming to that one place and would never break above it. You know, the income would be like 9,800, 9,700, 9,900, you know, sometimes right at 10,000. And we never broke, it feels like we never broke past that. And then it was supernatural. God, God put a word in my spirit. He said, the thing you're trying to break past, release it to me. That was the word that came in my spirit. And my, I have never in my life had to ask my wife to get on board, you know, and say like, you know, I really feel like the Lord's telling us to do this. Do you, do you think we should do it? I've never once had to do that ever. My wife has always been uh, right on board. She's in, in, in such unity with me. It blows my mind. There were years where I was on the platform as a praise and worship leader during every offering. And I would look, look at her in the crowd and we wouldn't even know what, you know, what each other were thinking. And I'd have something in my spirit to sow. She'd have something in her spirit to sow. And when we'd get home, we'd find out it was the exact same amount that we had in our spirits every time. God brought us into unity. So I knew when God gave us this instruction that she would be in total unity and she always is. And uh, the Lord said, what you're trying to break through, release it to me. Now that was, that was a huge step of faith at the time for my wife and I, because, you know, it was our income that would keep hitting every month. It felt like every month that, that we couldn't break beyond for the ministry. And I went to see Bishop David Oyedepo when we were in, um, where were we? the Washington DC area. And uh, I had met him one other time before when I was in New York. And, um, this time when I met him, it was, it was actually, some of you might even remember this happening. I was with my cousin, Jonathan, and uh, this was, this was my, um, this was my, this was my cousin. And I, we were there, uh, for the pastor's conference that Bishop was holding. And, uh, it was interesting because we, you know, we're not, we're not a part of his, we're not a part of his fellowship. But uh, we went because we, we wanted to get an impartation from him. We were all the way in the back. Some of you might remember this on social media. We were all the way in the back. And then Bishop had an usher come and bring us all the way up to the front and then up onto the platform and sat us right behind him on the platform. It was, it was, it was funny. And so we're sitting there and the Lord spoke to me. He said, before you leave this meeting, I want you to sow that $10,000 to Bishop Oyedepo. And we were getting ready to leave. And Bishop was so kind to us. And, and I had already written out a check for Bishop. And I put that on there and sewed it into him and his ministry and, uh, and handed it to him in his hand. And, you know, he's very gracious. He just said, thank you. And uh, the blessing of God hit us. And can I tell you something? From the moment the supernatural thing took place at that transfer of seed into ground, from that day forward, God has increased us steadily. We have never again had to feel like we were breaking through that ceiling. We've never touched that ceiling. God's continued to increase us from that day forward. And it's never stopped. And it never will stop. Every time we release seeds, and we're releasing seeds often, what is it doing? It's giving God a platform to bless us at the next level. Every time we release seeds, it is giving God a platform. In fact, those of you that are watching, 
those the faithful those of you that are not, that that didn't go off because I'm taking an offering. <laughs> Put it in the comments section. Every time I sow a seed, it is a platform for God to bless me. Every time I sow a seed, it is a platform for God to bless me. I want you to put that in the comment section if you're watching, whether you're on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. Final thing I want you to write today. Every time I sow a seed, it is a platform for God to bless me. And he will bless you abundantly. Abundantly. That's what I love. The word of God says this. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. Every time I sow a seed, it is a platform for God to bless me. Thank you, Nicole. Put it in the comments, those that are watching. Every time I sow a seed, it is a platform for God to bless me. And as you're sowing today, what you're doing is you're creating a platform upon which God can pour out blessings on your ministry, on your family, on your business, on your children. And you can begin to walk in the overflow like you never have because you're in a place now of obedience. And the Bible says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you're, thank you, Shirley. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Every time I sow a seed, it is a plas- it's a platform for God to bless me. And I like how Angela added, and my children after me. I believe that. For me, my children will be blessed in Jesus' name. My grandchildren will be blessed in Jesus' name. We will never be without. You will never be without. You'll never be in lack. You'll never be in poverty. You'll never be in a place of not enough. Every time you obey the word of God, it's a platform for God to bless you. And I'm believing that you'll see increase this year like you have never seen. And as you know, we talked about that this is an on-ramp into 2020 where God's going to bless us abundantly and the momentum's going to hit before we ever enter the new year. And we'll start January 1 in a new place of uh, power and authority and production for the kingdom of God. That's what I'm believing for every person connected with us. That's the word God gave us in Washington and I'm standing on it in Jesus' name. That's what we're going to see. It's exactly what we're going to see. I love you guys so much. And um, this, obviously, as I said, this will be the last broadcast for this week. Um, I'm going to drop a podcast for you to listen to uh, this week as well. But coming up next week, Sunday through Friday, don't forget, we'll be in Crossroads Community Church, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Join us if you can get there. If not, we'll be live Monday through Friday in the morning and 7 p.m. at night. 10.30 in the morning, 7 p.m. at night. I love you guys so much. Have a powerful powerful week and uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Love you guys. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.